Welcome to the City Collective Church Podcast. We believe we are better together and exist to create space for everyone to discover life in Jesus. We hope that in today's message, you encounter the heart of God and are challenged and inspired in your relationship with Christ. We are in the final two weeks of our series going through the book of Psalms. I know I have been loving it, hearing from different voices, especially through this month of August. It has been such a blessing, and I hope that has been a blessing to you as well. Um, I, I just wanted to say a quick thank you to our team and, and to you as a church to, for, for being able to continue forward and for sending us messages and, and giving us some love. We were able to get away for a week and relax and recuperate and be rejuvenated as we step forward in this upcoming year. Adriana and I, we, we so appreciate appreciate all of you and we're really grateful that we had the opportunity to get away and to rest a little bit. Um, we are ready for tonight and this is going to be an opportunity for us to lean in as a church as we prepare for the fall. But this morning we are really ready to get going as well. So I'm not going to dilly dally any longer. We're going to jump into our sermon today. We're reading out of Psalm chapter 62 and I'm going to read it together uh, for us here. Psalm Chapter 62 says, Truly my soul finds rest in God. My salvation comes from him. Truly he is my rock and my salvation. He is my fortress and I will never be shaken. How long will you assault me? Would all of you throw me down this leaning wall, this tottering fence? Surely they intend to topple me from my lofty place. They take delight in lies with their mouths. They bless, but in their hearts they curse. Yes, my soul Find rest in God. My hope comes from him. Truly, he is my rock and my salvation. He is my fortress and I will not be shaken. My salvation and my honor depend on God. He is my mighty rock, my refuge. Trust in him at all times, you people. Pour out your hearts to him for God is our refuge. We're only going to read the first eight verses there. But I want, I want to look at something today concerning David that I believe is also concerning you and I. And, and I just want to look at this first part of Psalm 62 because I believe that all, everything that David is communicating, the psalmist is communicating, is, is relevant and real for our experience of life today. The collision of reality with the reality of, of my lacking, of my, my frustration, of my annoyance, of my anxiety that comes to the surface when conflict comes my way. And in the midst of all of it, I hear this ongoing theme of something that I don't do particularly well. And I think we as a culture really do struggle with as well. And it's this, this also nagging, maybe not so friendly, uh, maybe a word we are looking to avoid more often than we would like to admit, this idea of patience. Patience is not my forte. <laughs> I like to eat quick. I like to 
play games and play sports. And, and I, I, if I'm playing a strategy board game, I'm the guy that's trying to finish that game as quickly as possible. I, I'm not playing the long game. I'm trying to get to the get to the victory as quickly as possible. I do not have regular everyday examples of patience. And as I have gotten older, I've also recognized that that has sometimes been to my detriment. I have not had a habit, a rhythm, an understanding of patience often enough in my life. But I'm excited to talk about it today because we are invited by the Savior of the universe. We are invited by a God who so unconditionally loves us, not to simply be in the conflict and chaos of life, but to, to have this idea of patience be something that we are waiting upon God. And not just, not just waiting in the midst of the craziness, but discovering something within our waiting. I know that often I think of waiting. Uh, who, who likes to wait in line? Not this guy. If I see a lineup, I'm probably looking for an opportunity to do something else. If I see a lineup and I'm going to go return something, that thing's never going to get returned. If I see a lineup, I'm not going to be patiently waiting. I'm going to be play patiently complaining. And so it's going to be difficult over and over again for me to discover patience in the quiet moments of my life if my default response is impatience. It might be one of, the, one of my favorite things that is said in the Psalms. When it says, yes, my soul find rest in God. My hope comes from him. I need to hear that this morning. And I wonder if some of you do as well. My hope comes from him. My soul find rest in God. Perhaps more than ever in the midst of this COVID reality, I have found that being physically at rest does not equate to my soul being at rest. In fact, to find rest is to find refuge in the imagination of God. But this is not a quick fix. This is something that demands everyone's favorite word, patience. To take refuge is to have real patience in the imagination of God. Because catch this, in, in Psalm 62, verse 1, we're going to see what it says in the Good News Translation. It says, I wait patiently for God to save me. I depend on him alone. And let's look at the other translation. It says, truly my soul finds rest in God. My salvation comes from him. I wait patiently for God to save me. I depend on him alone. When I wait patiently in the imagination of God, I'm learning to have my soul rest in God, my refuge and my strength. I wait patiently patiently seems to go hand in hand with having my soul find rest. And this makes a ton of sense to me. I, I, I am not at rest when I am impatient. When I'm impatient, I'm, I'm pacing. When I'm, when I'm impatient, I'm complaining about things. What are what's some of your habits when you are impatient? What are your indicators of impatience? Maybe, maybe it is like me that you are pacing back and forth. Maybe it is that you're complaining about things that you are not normally complaining about, but you just feel like you can in the moment. Maybe it's speaking shortly to people that we actually love, but we don't have patience for anything at all in that situation. And isn't it interesting that I don't think I'm 
elaborating on things that are, are completely novel or we've never thought of before. But many of these ideas, we are acutely aware that this is how I respond when I'm impatient, but yet I am far more likely to be impatient than patient, despite the fact that the fruits of my impatience are nothing like I actually want to be present in my life. I don't want for my, my mental space to be so overwhelmed that I have to be walking around the house in order to calm myself down. I don't want to be complaining about things. I want to be grateful for things. I don't want to speak shortly to people I love. I want to encourage them. I want to love them. Those are the fruits of impatience when in fact I desire the fruits of patience. I, 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 des I desire actually that fruit of the Spirit called long-suffering. If the fruits of impatience are these things, then why are we so prone to have our actions take a root of impatience instead of patience? Taking things into our own hands. And I would say, even cutting, cutting corners. So our sermon today is called Patience is a Problem. And so I think when we look at the life of David, we need to understand that this is someone that probably struggled with patience as well. And one of the things that we can do in the midst of our discovery of this process of patience is actually understanding the person of David that we're learning from. David was a man of great notoriety. He was a man of great promise on his life. He was a man of great potential. He was a man with a great calling. There was so much that he had to look forward to and so much that was given to him in specific moments of his life. And aren't we all prone that when we receive something, instead of being content, we are often guilty of desiring something more really quickly. Or we get a sense of entitlement that, bird, that, that starts to, to burgeon up within us as we consider the life that we're living. But patience is a problem when we are lacking three things that I believe is revealed in this text for us today. Patience can be more than simply just waiting in the moment, but it's waiting on God. And we're going to talk about this. So I think, first of all, what we see in the life of David, he had all these opportunities, all these potentials, all these callings that he could have just run after. He had moments in a cave with Saul. He had moments in, in, in fields with his armies. He had moments where he could have rushed out of the, the, the space of caring for the sheep with his family, but yet he waited upon the Lord on a consistent basis, and he was something unlike those around him, not to say that he didn't have that default within him. So that's my encouragement first off to you, to you this morning. Sometimes we think, I don't have patience. This is just the way I am. Or patience isn't within my personality. You know what? The, the, the exciting thing that we're going to discover this morning is, is that patience is not simply a state of mind. Patience is not just simply a, a, a will that we have. Patience is not just a, a good idea that we employ to have situations go our way. Patience is a fruit of the Spirit. Patience is, is a gift from God. Patience is something that God gives to us to receive the promises that He has for us. So first of all, what I see within Psalm 62 is that patience requires perspective. Patience requires perspective. My hope 
comes from him. That's what the psalmist is writing. My hope comes from him. His perspective is that my hope is not found in my actions. My hope is not found in my words. My hope is not found in my good deeds. My hope is not found in my friends. My hope is not found in my family. My hope is found in a good God, the Savior of the universe, who is faithful to the very end, who's with me in my struggle, who is constant in the midst of the storms that I find myself. My hope comes from him. Patience requires perspective. I need to have a perspective of the greater, grander story that I am invited into in order for patience to even be part of my process. Sometimes we have a tendency to, to universalize a particular moment that we have, a particular moment that we experience. Um, this is all we will ever feel again. And, and the chance that we have to reset and reform our perspective is as important for us as it is for the author of Psalm 62. Because when he's declaring, my hope is found in him. My hope comes from him. It's not simply, I think sometimes we read these things as if the psalmist is saying that, it's like, I've known this all along. This is the way I've always lived my life. I've got it all figured out. So this is why I'm writing it down. No, this is actually a declaration of his heart that I need to say it verbally for me to get it internally. I need to say it out loud for me to get it within. So I want you to do that wherever you're at this morning. What if you declare my hope comes from him? Perhaps there's an area of your life where you know patience is lacking. What if you brought it to the forefront of your mind? What if you considered, where am I placing my hope? To whom am I getting my hope or searching for hope from in the situation? What if there was a shift of perspective and we declared together, my hope comes from him patience requires perspective there there's kind of a, a beauty that we we notice instinctively and then there's a beauty that we need to see through someone else's eyes you know i uh I had an opportunity to, to visit with my parents very briefly this summer, and it was a wonderful opportunity to get together. And one of the things we, we did is we went to a museum, and one of the exhibits that they had was talking about, about whales and all the different ways that whales were, were beautiful and spectacular. And, and I, I, I left with a newfound appreciation of whales. And you know what? When I'm on a, on a ferry, I'm, I'm, I'm that person that wants to get out to, to the side of the boat. So in, just in case, I might catch a glimpse of one of these incredible creatures just on one of these majestic creatures in the water and it's so exciting when they when they pop up or I see a video or someone yelling in case because they think they saw it but it's actually just a, a log floating in the, the water and everyone gets excited but I have that perspective where I see it I'm like oh that's beautiful but when I when I had someone start to explain to me and tell me all the amazing ways in which they live in which they mate in which they move around the, the waters together in which they they, they build family in the which they they communicate these are spectacular ways that not just change my perspective for, uh, for the moment but my perspective for later because now when I'm looking later my perspective is different and I'm able to uh, in, encourage others to consider those things as well my perspective changes with those moments that are shared when I take on the perspective and I look at things through the lens of someone else 
So perhaps this morning, perspective can shift for you when you put on the lens of David here, when he says, my hope comes from him. And you're saying, I don't know about that. I don't know uh, how, how that's even possible. What if we were to actually just start to encourage uh, one another? What if you were to reach out to someone in your life? Maybe they're, they're able to encourage you and let you know your hope is going to come from a good God. Maybe you need to hear that from me this morning. Your hope is going to come from a good God. And the patience that requires perspective is going to start to shift in your life in the situation that you might find ourselves in I, I know that when my perspective is off when I don't believe that my hope comes from God I am prone to do something that I have done from an early age and that is cut corners if I if I believe that my entire situation is up to my own good deeds and works I am so impatient that I want to rush past maybe the best course of action and rather do the quickest course of action. And the, the thing that often is sacrificed within that process is my relationships. It, it, it's the connections I have with people around me. Uh, this is often what I see even with these conversations on Facebook that pop up where people are having arguments over different things and you can see the deterioration of the relationship right in front of you in that comment section because people are voicing their opinions in such a way that it isn't actually creating any kind of relational integrity and any relational strength. There is no love that's shown in it because we're cutting corners. We're seeing a quick opportunity to give a spiteful response behind the strength of a screen instead of reaching out to someone, instead of grabbing a coffee, instead of making a phone call and hearing the pain in someone's voice about what's actually going on. But instead of hearing the story that someone's actually carrying and allowing love to be the leading point upon which we start to have those conversations, what are the ways in which we cut corners? Because cutting corners is always going to cut out people. And our call and our purpose as followers of Jesus is to love God and to love people. And so to cut corners is to rob ourselves of the true beauty that God wants to invite us into. So don't cut corners, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, don't do what I do sometimes in those situations. And instead, let's take the, the posture of David and let's have my hope come from God. There's a higher law that we are called to, a higher law called love that can transform our actions. Uh, I love this quote from John Wesley. He says that humility and patience are the surest proofs of the increase of love. The second thing that is uh, revealed to me as I read this Psalm, Psalm 62, is that patience needs a promise. Patience needs a promise. Have you ever had uh, a, a, little, a little one who is just running out of their mind. And mom and dad, they're, they're trying to get out the door or, or there's different things that are going on. Someone needs to go somewhere. And you've seen those situations play out that there's too much going on for them to really settle them down. So they give them a promise. You know what? We're going to stop for ice cream later on today. You know what? If you wait patiently, we're going to stop for ice cream. That if you wait patiently, there's a little bit of candy in, in, in my bag. If you wait patiently, maybe we can go to the park. There's a promise that, that's there. And in many ways, we never stop losing that need for a little bit of a promise in our life in order for there to be a little bit of patience. That I need a little bit of a promise for a little bit of patience. And I love that the promise that God gives is that when you are in my fortress, when you are finding me as your refuge, when you are making your decision to make me your fortress, this is my promise for you. And this is what the psalmist writes. 
You will not be shaken. I will not be shaken. That is a promise that David has heard that God, when God is my fortress, I will not be shaken. When God is my fortress, life is going to come and circumstances are going to hit. I don't expect perfection. I don't expect it to be, to be the perfect set of circumstances. So I'm happy all the time or that it's as if nothing bad has ever taken place, but I will not be shaken because my hope comes from him. And the promise is that I will not not be shaken when I place myself as resting place, as resting in his refuge. That is a powerful promise that we can hold on to today. I, to hold on to a promise is to have the willingness to do more than just think about a nice idea. This is what happens when you mature. You know a promise for what it is. Is it just someone saying it for the sake of saying something nice or is there something actually true to it? One of the ways in which we hijack the promises of God that have been given to you and me is we stop living a life that actually has founded upon honesty. If I am glazing over reality, I, I don't actually have a promise that I'm holding on to. See, a promise that you're holding on to is not there so that you can pretend like bad things or difficulties do not happen in life. Sometimes, just like we see, have seen throughout these Psalms, one of the most powerful things you can do to hold on to a promise is to speak with some real honesty. God, this is a struggle. God, I am in pain. God, I am overwhelmed. God, I am so angry at the place that I find myself in. And then we can do as the psalmist often does, lament, speak clearly, speak truthfully, speak honestly, and then come to this place. But I know where my hope comes from. I know that you are my refuge. I know that you're my fortress and I will not be shaken. The fact that you and I will not be shaken is not based upon our will, but it is based upon his promise. The beauty of the Psalms is that we are invited to be honest with ourselves about everything that we are feeling. Because that's the only way our anger and frustration with the world can be transformed into motivation and action. God wants to transform your frustration into motivation. God wants to transform your, your fear and your hate into courage and into love. God wants to transform your situation where you're at, and he wants to transform you and I within it. This is the promise that you and I will not be shaken. And with the power of the Holy Spirit within us, we are transformed from the inside out when we find our rest, our refuge, our fortress in the loving hands of an unconditionally merciful and just God. God gave David that promise. But David knew that God can't honor that promise if he didn't honor the process. David had a process to go through. So patience needs a promise, but a promise also needs some patience. Patience requires perspective. Patience needs a promise. And the third thing is that patience has a purpose. 
we've kind of already talked about this, but this is a tie it all together. When it says that my salvation and my honor, they depend on God, my salvation, my freedom, my relationship, my, my, my strength that can only come from this divine purpose that is beyond me is there in the midst of my patience. Patience has a purpose. Uh, there's this great quote from Oswald Chambers. He says, wait on God and he will work. But don't wait in, in spiritual sulks because you cannot see an inch in front of you. Are we detached enough from our spiritual hysterics to wait on God? To wait is not to sit with folded hands, but to learn to do what we are told. It's to have ears to hear, to know that there is a God that is speaking a purpose and a plan and a calling over our life. So in the midst of your patience, you're listening and you're learning and you're preparing to be launched into the world in a powerful and meaningful way. Because it's easy to talk about a believing in a God that's fulfilling the plan that you have for yourself. It's easy to talk about a God that is, that is just orchestrating all the things that I have laid out for myself because I think I know what is right. It is something completely different to have patience in the process, believing that God's purpose is the one that we want to pursue. David might have been on the road to royalty David might have felt like he knew the plan to get to the purpose and the place. But the road is not without some wrestling. And with the world around him, he was showing patience and seeing a transformation of the heart within him to be able to live into the purpose that God had for him. I wonder if we really believe that God will fulfill his purpose for you and I. Or are we so consumed with our lust of, of other people's journeys or a lust of other people's callings that we can't see our own? Often comparison is the great crippler of purpose in our lives. That we're looking at some, what someone else has done, what someone else is doing, that we don't have the patience to wait on the purpose that God has for us. Because patience requires perspective. Patience needs a promise and patience has a purpose. We need to believe that this morning. We live in a day and a time when you're a click away for where comparison is easy, where you are going to open up your social media and you're going to see what someone else is doing as if they're living out your purpose, then therefore you're not doing that. And this, this, gratifi this instant gratification generation that we find ourselves in is hijacking the patience that we need for our promise, patience that we require for, for perspective, this patience that we are looking for in our purpose. We, we, we need patience. We need to be more than the moment that we are in. And God knows this. So he's saying that I know that patience is hard. I know that it is difficult. But hear me when I invite you into patience that it is not a strength of will. It is not a strength of identity. It is not a strength of personality. Patience, long-suffering is a fruit of the Spirit. Because everything in every season has a purpose that is different. For example, this, this, this stand that I've made shift, <laughs> this made it work in my home, it is propping up my iPad. But I would like you to try and guess if, if I had this thing propped up and I was trying to balance this, uh, this stand on top of it, would it work so well? No, there's a clear purpose for this that this one cannot actually execute. But the iPad, I need it because I got some notes on it. I've got some words on it. I've got some quotes on it. And I can't be reading that off 
off of off of the stand that it's on. It's got a purpose, but it can't execute what the purpose of the stand is. The, the microphone has a separate purpose. The lights in this room have a separate purpose. The camera has a separate purpose. You have a separate purpose. Then I have a separate purpose. And all these purposes are discovered when we have patience. Patience has a purpose. And Jesus, Jesus invites us into patience. Why? Because I believe that the plan that he has for you and I, that it isn't just important to get there, but he wants us to get there the right way. Often our desires are good. And what you want is from God. But is what you will do to get there reflective of the person of Jesus? When I honor the process, I tap into God's perspective, God's promise, and God's purpose for my life. And he who began a good work will be faithful to perform it. By whose strength will I go forward? By his strength. We need patience to go through the process to receive the promise because the process provides the promise of peace. You are waiting for your purpose, but the process is where you're going to discover the promise to make the purpose stick. Experience can be a great provider of perspective. Practice is a great teacher of patience. The promise is God's gift of peace. And our purpose is always tied to other people. So if our path is going to be moving forward at the cost of other people, then we need to take a moment and reevaluate. Let me end with this this morning. You might be saying, this is not my personality, that I'm just an impatient person. That I've been waiting for so long already. Well, this morning, my challenge to you is to go to a different source for your patience to be born out of. A fruit of the Spirit, a reliance upon God, produces patience. So if you are lacking patience, go to the source. God, I am impatient, and it is hurting me, and it's hurting people around me. Forgive me. Transform me from the inside out, and help me to discover the patience I need for the purpose that you have for me. I'm going to end with this quote from Adrian Rogers. It says that the Bible says the fruit of the Spirit is long-suffering. And I'll tell you one thing about fruit. You'll never see a fruit factory. Isn't that right? You see a fruit, uh, you see a shirt factory, but you see a fruit orchard. You see, there's no fruit without life. You cannot manufacture patience. The fruit of the spirit is patience. So that's what we're praying for this morning. We need perspective. We need to know that there's a promise. We need to, know, need to know there's a purpose because patience is a fruit of the Spirit that God has given us to flourish in the world that he has made for us. Let's pray together.
Heavenly Father, thank you for your promises that you've given to us, promises of peace, promises of joy, promises of meeting us where we're right, right where we're at. I pray for those who are struggling this morning and feeling the sense of impatience, that there's been so much that has been taken away in this past season because of COVID, so much that has been pulled from us that we are sitting in a place as if we don't even know what's going to come up next, so I better rush to it before it leaves me all over again. I pray that your patience would meet us right there, that we would get a perspective that comes from you, that we would know your promises, that we would feel your purpose, and that patience would come out of our lives because of the fruit of your Spirit. And I pray that the Holy Spirit would fall upon every single person that is listening this morning that is needing a touch of your presence and I just believe right now that your touch is enough that's going to meet us where we're at the patience is going to flow out of us and that we're going to be a beacon of hope in our world because of the patience of the spirit that is coming out of our lives it doesn't look like anything else because it only looks like you we give thanks for for all that you're doing I pray that your patience would be in the midst of all that we do today Thank you for the gift of these psalms. Thank you for the gift of this summer. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to today's message. We hope it challenged, encouraged, and inspired you in your walk with our Lord Jesus Christ. To keep up with City Collective, make sure to check us out on Instagram and Facebook at City Collective Church. Have a great week.